The common sense success strategies that Bob offers Bernie in this book are the very strategies that my brother innately used. He tapped into that higher, without him even realizing it. Yeah. He tapped into parts of himself that helped him never to give up, to persevere, even though life was throwing after him one thing after another. And he did more than just survive. He did thrive. Hey, I'm talking here. Why don't you try renting out that vacant lot between your ears? Okay, dokie. Hello, everyone. Steve Rizzo here, and welcome to Hey, I Am Talking Here. This is an entertaining show about empowerment, about how you can go to a better place personally and professionally. That's a fact. And this show is brought to you by Conversations with Bob. And uh, if you would like to purchase a copy of the book at yourinnerbob.com, I'm very excited about today's show, and and um, I... I have a lot of sentiment about today's show because um, I got to tell you when 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 I when I create a show I have a list of like thirty different titles for the show maybe forty different titles and as we do each show I cross them off the list so to pick the next show what I do is I don't look I just go down with my finger and I stop wherever my finger stops that's going to be the title for the next show and um, ironically my finger stopped on today's title which is never give up. Little did I know that my brother Michael was going to pass away. He's a, a Marine and uh, a, a hero, my hero, biggest inspiration of my life. And um, uh, he's the reason why I do what I do today. And if there's anybody that exemplifies never giving up, it was him. And we'll talk about him a bit uh, during the show and what it is, what is it that certain people have that's instilled in them that just no matter what happens to them they they don't just survive they thrive they never ever give up uh without any further ado though folks uh thank you for tuning in thank you for everyone's loyalty for tuning in on this show uh we really do appreciate it and please 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 share this share this every episode with everyone because you know it, it, this this facebook thing and youtube and I have a lot of things against social media, but this is a way, an incredible way to get a message out to help people. And everyone that's on this show, everyone that's a part of this show is on a mission to be a spark that could ignite change in people's lives. And um, I think the world needs it more now than ever when we are becoming so desensitized. Every time he tried to achieve something, it's amazing how he made a conscious choice every day to enjoy himself during the process. And that's what separates those who who fall under when life throws them a major challenge and those who never give up. There's something within them that propels them to move forward. Uh, let's bring up Debbie right now. Debbie who is my co-host and um, gosh, this is such an amazing show, Steve, because you are powering on and powering through and you know, this is what your brother would want to do. And when you said at the beginning, you can hear him saying, no, do what you got to do. Yeah. Like he did for his country and how he powered through all of his injuries yep. and they didn't think he would live. Tell yeah. me a little bit. Tell us a little well, bit about that. Well, he's my brother is, uh, by the way, again, folks, this is a perfect example of um, uh, never give up. He's 100 percent disabled as a result of the Vietnam War. He's the only man in medical history that ever survived that kind of wound. He's in medical books 
and in journals as someone who beat the odds. 21 feet of his small intestine were either blown out on the battlefield or taken out on the operating tables and other internal organs were uh, damaged as well. And um, I'll never forget the first time that I saw him uh, in St. Albans Naval Hospital. This was after he was wounded. When he went into the Marines and he went into shape and went through training, he was 168 pounds. He had a perfect body, perfect V-shape, just in perfect condition, the typical Marine. And uh, when he got wounded and I saw him in St. Albans Naval Hospital, he went down to 94, 95 pounds. And if it hadn't been for my mom and dad in the room with him, I, I, I never would have known it was him. Uh, and his, in, in the room with my mom and dad were his three friends from high school. And I remember standing next to my brother and he was semi-conscious. He was practically in a coma. And three doctors, a few doctors came in and told my mom and dad the bad news. And I overheard him talking uh, that we're doing everything we can, but it doesn't look good. He, you know, don't expect him to live much longer. And um, I'll never forget the look on my mom and dad's face. And his friends walked out of the room. And I remember staring at my brother. And I was only 17 years old at the time. And I remember thinking, is this going to be the only time I'm going to see him? And uh, uh, something strange was happening. Uh, his hand was slowly starting to rise from his side. And I'm thinking, wow, he, he's supposed to be unconscious here. What's going on? And all of a sudden, he raised his middle finger. <laughs> and that was his answer to the doctor's diagnosis. And from the raising that finger, at that moment, I knew that um, my brother, Michael John Rizzo, was going to do more then survive, he was going to thrive. And that was the answer he gave doctors every time they told him he couldn't and wouldn't be able to do something. And um, that was a testament for the, the name of the show, Never Give Up. No matter what they said to him, no matter what they said, what he could or couldn't do, he would defy it and say, no, I'll show you what I can do. Let's bring all three of us together again, Bruce. Thank I you. put it back on. It just the wig wasn't looking right when no, I. No, you could, you could, you could, you can. But you know again. what? That exactly that story about the fist comes up like and then the middle finger. That is so you. That sounds like something you would do. Like I, I'm gonna power on and in different ways, right? I mean, you have that humor too. It's a Rizzo trait. Yeah. My brother had that attitude, that sense of humor till the day he passed away. And by the way, I want you folks to know something. There was a point last week where he gave up. And I want you all to know that there's a difference between giving up and surrendering. I don't think anyone that I know, and I know a lot of people, I've been all over this planet many times, and I've met some high-end famous people. And there are very few people that live their life according to their authentic self, and my brother did that. And he tried everything, and it was just not even a week before when he told us, I, I'm not doing this anymore. And he said, I'm sorry, I don't want to give up. And I looked at him, and I said, you are not giving up. You're surrendering to a higher part of yourself. This is the Bob part of you, the God part of you that's saying it's time. I said, Michael, your brain and your heart are perfectly clear they want to stay alive, but your body's telling you, you can't do this anymore. And this higher part of you, the whole part of you is saying it's time to let go. That's surrendering. That's not giving up. There's a big difference. I want everyone to know that. 
There are times when you could just say, you know what, in any relationship, mm-hmm. marriage, whether it's a relationship and business, there comes a point where you say, no, I can't do this anymore. I don't want to do this anymore, and I'm not going to do this anymore. And we all got it. We all understood it, and we knew it was his time. But his sense of humor was there constantly. As a matter of fact, when my uh, when my uh, my nephew, his son, and my godchild, his daughter, said, uh, Dad, this is a few days before we passed on, said, we want Uncle Steve to give the eulogy. <laughs> he said, oh, <laughs> oh okay. Tell him to do five minutes. If he gets five minutes, because you know once he's up on the stage, he won't want to get off. Have you seen his YouTube clips? Five minutes. <laughs> get him off after five minutes. <laughs> well, you know, you got to laugh at that. Yeah. Because that's the stuff you take with you when someone passes on. Because laughter, when you think of the, when you look at someone's memory and, and you have so many things to laugh at, Laughter makes you realize there aren't any good buys, there are good memories. And the, and the spirit that constitute who Michael John Rizzo really is lives on forever. And that's our choice. What are you going to focus on when, you, when a person passes on like that? There's always time for laughter. And um, Mark Twain said it best. Not even fear can stand against the assault of laughter. And it can't. Mm-hmm. It's one of the greatest gifts that God ever gave us. And, and when, you, when you could do that, um, that's one of the things that can help you to give up in your life. Whenever you're confronted with a challenge, it's a business opportunity, or you're striving really hard to get something, then it's this close. Then all of a sudden, it's not going to happen. And yeah, you're, it, you can get upset, allow yourself curse, but there's got to be a point where you've got to let go of that and shift your way of thinking, and shift your focus, and find the laughter and the humor in your life somehow, some way. It's a, it, it's not a cure-all, but it places you at the helm so that you can steer the course of your life with equilibrium. And I, I think that's what's really important. Did I say that word properly? Equilibrium, yeah. Equilibrium. You know yeah. what, you know, when the old adage, laughter is the best medicine, it truly is, but it's really sad when people won't allow themselves to be happy when there's a loss and we've discussed this before steve that there are people who feel guilt to feel happiness joy or laughter in the midst of losing someone after losing someone there's guilt there but what do you have to say to people like that because you're going to have to remind yourself of that sometimes too now with this loss well we are so politically correct where we're stifling our laughter genes, our humor genes. I mean, we really are. And we, we have to get away from that. And let me make this very clear. Uh, whatever it is that you're going through, whether it's a divorce, whether it's financial difficulties, the death of a loved one, um, you have to allow yourself time to suffer. Suffering is a gift from from God too. It's a, it's a great gift. You have to allow because it's it's you're, you're honoring a higher part of yourself that you hurt. And why wouldn't you want to honor a part of who you are? Allow yourself to hurt. Allow yourself to cry. Heart-wrenching tears if you have to. That's part of the healing process. But as, as much as suffering is part of the healing process, just suffering can be avoided. And that's always your choice and your responsibility. I say that to a lot of people who feel that they have responsibility to their family, you know, 
that, well, I, I got to be strong for my children. I got to be strong for my husband. I got to be strong for my wife. I got to be strong for this one, for that one. No, no, you don't. Let them know how you feel. Why would you want to hide your feelings? Why shouldn't your kids know that you're going to be, life is going to throw you a lot of shit. You're going to be confronted with heart-wrenching pain, maybe. I hope not, but the chances are you, you will be. At some point, death is going to hit a family. And children need to know that there's time for suffering, and that's okay. As a matter of fact, you should honor it to the point where you could feel enough to hurt that much. But just suffering can be avoided, and that's where unleashing the power of your humor being on a daily basis can come in handy. And, and the more you realize that, the more that becomes a part of who you are. And, you know, like I said, he's the biggest inspiration of my life. And um, it's because of him that I, I was really able to write this book. Unconsciously, his life. The common sense success strategies that Bob offers Bernie in this book are the very strategies that my brother innately used. He tapped into that higher, without him even realizing it. Yeah. He tapped into parts of himself that helped him never to give up, to persevere, even though life was throwing shit after him, one thing after another. And he did more than just survive. He did thrive. When he got out of, when he got out of the hospital after seven months, he said he was going um, to go to college. And we didn't think he'd be able to do it. We thought it would hurt him emotionally, spiritually, mentally not to mention what he was going through physically. He did go. He was 95 pounds. And he went to college, graduated with honors, had degrees in education, history, administration, went back to the same school that he graduated from, the same school. And he became a, a, a history teacher, an attendance officer, and assistant principal, then principal. Then they made him assistant superintendent of the entire school system. Then they wanted to make him superintendent, but he said, no, I had enough, and he retired. And, and he did that by implementing these strategies in the book. And I was unaware. But when I studied him through so many years, innately something told me to, to, to just watch the way this man lives. And it was his sense of humor. It was, it was his thought process. And you folks heard me talk about the power of your thoughts, your thoughts oh, yeah. in life. He refused to let negative thinking take control of him. Because somehow he knew that those thoughts were going to solidify his belief system and create the attitude that he had. And I studied that, and that's what's in this book. But also, we can't forget this part, which is, every time I think about it, it gives me chills. Tell everyone what happened when he decided he was going to go to college, and he thought maybe you were going down the wrong path. Oh. I was going down the wrong path. I was hanging out with the wrong crowd. He knew I was lost. We had this conversation. I had no idea what I was going to do with my life. And um, it. he came up to me one day, and he, he was in college for about a year. A year. Yeah, a year. And he was just starting his next semester. And he didn't ask me. He approached me. He came up to me. We were talking. And he said, Steve, he goes, um, I'm going back to school on Monday, and you're going to come with me. I said, what, what do you mean? He goes, no big deal. I just want you to come with me. I want you to sit in my classrooms with me. I want you to do this for two weeks. I'll drive you there and I'll drive you back. Just sit in my classrooms. I want you to see what it's like. I said, Mike, I, 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 don't, I don't know if I want to do that. And he goes, well, let me put it in another way. <laughs> he goes, I'm not asking you. I'm telling you. You're coming with me. And uh, of course, I said, okay. And I went with him and I'm sitting there and I'm 
feeling very comfortable after the first week there. And uh, I'm going to all his classes. And then after the second week, I notice we're walking to the administrative building and I'm wondering where the hell we're going. I said, where, where are we going? He goes, we're going to the administration building. I said, why? He goes, because I'm going to sign you up for next semester. I said, oh, no, you're not. I said, I'm not going. And I, I got really emotional because you're looking at someone and you guys know this story. I was told by a guidance counselor I wasn't smart enough to go to college. I was voted least likely to succeed in my senior class in high school. And I just, Mike, I said, I can't do this. I'm not smart enough to go to college. He said, you're going to do it. He signed me up for four classes, English, history, uh, uh, a music class, and art. He didn't want to overwhelm me. And he said, you, you need to go. And I went. And the first week was not easy, but then all of a sudden something clicked and I got into the groove. And that was, that was the transformation taking place in my life. I graduated with high honors in English, in education, a minor in psychology, a major in theater arts. I went back to the same school that he went that graduated from, and I taught English, and I was a counselor for kids with behavioral problems. From there, I became a stand-up comedian. From there, I became a Hall of Fame motivational speaker, and I owe that all to him, all, all to someone who never gave up. And because of him, I never gave up. I love you guys. Thanks a lot. I love you all. Thank you for listening. Please share this with friends and family. 